Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And we have a special episode for you. Yeah, we've got Annalisa and Eric in the show. Folks may remember from their project, Miles of Portraits. And today we have a little bit of a special sort of B episode, if you will. Uh, we got a chance to catch up with them before their trip up to Alaska to learn more about their portrait project and also a Kickstarter that they're running at milesofportraits.com slash Kickstarter. And we're going to be talking with them about the kindness and generosity and also some of the odd things that one will find while cycle touring wherever you are in the world uh, here on our show. Yeah. So it's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Annalisa and Eric, to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, and uh, folks will will remember that we had Annalisa in a little bit earlier last year, I think in September or so, and you were at the time completing a, it was your second or your third cross-country trip? It was my second cross-country trip, yeah. Yeah, and then it um, sort of led from one thing to another. Tell us a little bit about the the project that you worked on during that second trip across the U.S., and then uh, a little bit about how that's led to the project that you're working on right now. Sure. So one of my favorite parts of bike travel is the people that we get to meet along the way that you kind of wouldn't have otherwise met driving a car. Um, so it's kind of inspired by the first cross-country trip that I took in 2008. Um, I'm actually having a reunion ride this summer with the same group that I went across the country with 10 years ago. Um, but you know, my favorite part of that ride is just the people that we met. And so this time around, when Eric and I biked across the country last year along the Trans-America Trail, um, kind of set out to photograph the people that I met along the way. Um, it kind of became like this infographic of what this cross-section of America looks like um, and just the people that you meet when you're riding a loaded bicycle because you just get so much, like you get so much stares and attention and questions that um, you just end up meeting so many more people. Um, so yeah, I took, I took as many pictures of people that I could. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, this summer, we're actually going to be taking the, the project to Alaska where Eric and I are going to be riding 1,000 miles there and continuing the project in Alaska and Hopefully, we're going to take it like around the world someday. And so the project itself uh, started out as, um, what was it, 5,000 miles of portraits? But now it's just 4,000 miles of 4, portraits. 000. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's miles miles of portraits now. So sort of more encompassing yeah. <laughs> of, of travel in general and, and the people one would meet. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, one of your most memorable moments. I know that you met a lot of people throughout both tours, uh, and Eric is welcome in on this as well. What what really, if you had to think of one moment, whether um, compassion, kindness, uh, just surprise or otherwise, uh, what what really sticks out to you in terms of um, just, just one of those interactions? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, there's so much, like, so much kindness that we received across the country, um, one that I always remember is this cyclist rest stop. A lot of transamers will recognize it. Um, in the middle of Kentucky, I think it's Judson, Kentucky, there's this cyclist rest stop that um, this, cup, this old couple just put up um, specifically for transam cyclists. Um, and it's, it was like this um, gazebo that was just like in the middle of this field. 
where they had um, a cooler with like snacks and bike tools and ice water and face wipes, like all just for, for cyclists to take. And um, there was a note that just said like, if you need anything, like call this number, there's a shower in the back, like you're welcome to camp. Um, so that was like a nice surprise that we came across on the road. And then as I was riding out, I actually met the, the guy that put it up. Um, so I took his picture. His name is Richard. So that's one of the, the portraits on the 4,000 miles of portraits. Mm-hmm. And through the portraits yeah. there... Oh, sorry. After you, Eric. <laughs> no, I was just going to say one of the... I was, I was once told by someone who greeted me with a, a bag of blueberry muffins. And she was telling me about her friend who's restoring an opera house. And so I went about like four or five miles off path and ended up spending the entire afternoon and actual night in this small town where they fed me lunch, uh, took me out to a sailboat on this little lake, showed me around the entire town. And it was just like an overwhelming amount of kindness because they're like, oh, we've never had a cyclist who's actually, you know, gone five miles out of their way to visit us. And you kind of felt like a small town hero. Mm-hmm. And for cyclists too, um, mo- many know that five miles out of your way is truly j- 10 miles out of your way. Yeah, depending on the route you're on as well. <laughs> so, even more so de- on the trip. <laughs> <laughs> even more so depending on the elevation, too. This is downhill coming back. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and so, um, with that, you have recently launched a Kickstarter campaign as well. So, you're looking to um, sort of formalize and, and be able to have a couple of mechanisms in place that will allow you to document this process. Tell us a little bit more about the journey from Alaska or, or the thousand miles in Alaska, sort of what that's going to cover, uh, what what you hope to get out of that experience, and then also um, how people can plug in as well. Sure. So we started a Kickstarter to help fund the production of a magazine and a film that we're actually going to be producing following the Alaska trip. Um, so I guess I can tell you the, the URL for the Kickstarter is milesofportraits.com slash Kickstarter. Um, and some of the rewards, like the main ones are the magazine. You can either get the, the magazine of the America trip or the Alaska trip. And then another thing that we're doing is um, something that Eric is going to focus more on is the, like a short film of all of the experiences and kind of telling more of our own story and, um, how we know each other, which is because we have type 1 diabetes. Um, and if Eric want to talk about that in the film. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, one, uh, Annalisa and I meeting, so I actually came back home. I'm from New Jersey, and we actually met through a group in New York for type 1 diabetics. Uh, and so that's, I'm sure you probably talked about it a little bit in the first episode, but that's all. So we both were kind of diagnosed later in life and it's an autoimmune disease. And so we, it's kind of this lifestyle disease and there's a lot of obstacles that are put up in the way. And so Annalisa was kind of like, Hey, let's bike across America. And that's how this first trip started. And so what I'm hoping to focus on in the film is one, this bond that her and I have, it's our story, um, which I also think builds a lot of empathy because we understand what it's like to overcome these extra set of challenges. But then, also show kind of how we're actually meeting these people and their stories. I think a lot of people are like, how are you actually bumping into all these people and how, how is this journey happening? So 
I think the combination of a magazine and hopefully a short film, people really can see what happens when you're traveling and see all these stories of people out in Alaska, which many of us don't get to visit in the first place. And what parts of Alaska are you riding through? We're doing two loops out of Anchorage. So starting in Anchorage, we're going to go up through Denali to Fairbanks and then kind of looping back around back to Anchorage. Okay. Um, and then biking to Homer, um, which is where we can take the ferry to Kodiak Island. And then we're going to be biking back. So that's the, that's the plan right now. And it's open to changing and suggestions. <laughs> Yeah, nice. And then from from Anchorage up into Fairbanks, are you going to be taking? So the Parks Highway is the one of one of two large highways in the state, and the second one being the Glen Highway. Are you going to come back on the Glen, or just sort of tag back over the parks? I forgot the name of the road, but from Fairbanks, we're going to head east, like towards Paxton, okay, um, and then take the Denali Highway um, back towards the Denali uh, Park area and then possibly take the train back and still figure it out. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So still yeah. a little bit up in the air, but just sort of aiming aiming that direction for now. Yeah. In, in, in uh, total right now, or just sort of as a as an idea, how many folks have you taken pictures of or how many folks do you have as part of the portrait process or the portrait project so far? I think it took a total of, um, I don't know the exact total. I think it was like maybe a hundred that I took, but then I kind of narrowed it down to 40 or 50 good ones. Um, throughout the trip, like whenever I would be talking to someone, it was kind of like an interesting chance. So I had to like, I was talking to them, but then I also had to think like in the back of my head, like, Oh, like where do I want to take this person's photo? Cause in each photo I wanted to have, um, some sort of background that just showed where we were. Um, so some of them just weren't as interesting, so I just edited it down. Okay. And then are you looking for any particular amount for this trip or more just sort of traveling along and, and sort of seeing what comes out of that experience? Yeah, well, we don't have a particular number that we want to hit, but okay. we're just going to like see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Speaking of meeting people or encountering people on the road, uh, we've been for a couple of weeks here asking people to call into the voicemail for the Sprocket podcast, and we did have four people ring in. So um, what we might do here is we might play these, and then uh, Aaron and I will probably be quiet during this process since we're playing it out of a speaker. Uh, but then once once um, each is done, we can sort of talk about them in turn. Does that sound good to you? All right. So our first one is from Grant in Germantown, Kentucky. Here we go. Hey, my name is Grant Painter, and I rode the Transamerica Trail. And I have one story that I would like to share with you guys. So I was in Germantown, Kentucky, I believe. I know I was in Germantown, right? So. And I was riding, and I was pulling up to the town, and I noticed my the front of my uh, my tire started getting all wobbly, right? So I eventually broke down, tried to fix it, and I had no luck. So as I was pulling, as I was riding into town, um, you know, I look right, and um, I see this church, and I see people around this church, and I go over there and say, hey, uh, you know, 
I need a place to stay tonight. My bike's um, my bike's broken right now. Um, and you know the pastor said, okay, yeah, you can go ahead and stay here. Um, so he, he unlocked the church for me, and I stayed there. And the next morning, I called the pastor. I said, hey, look, I'm I'm kind of I'm in a bind right now. Um, you, you have anybody that can help me? And he said, yeah. Uh, he, so he gave me this couple's number, and um, so I called them. And I had I had met them uh, the night before when I pulled into the church. I met the same people. Um, so as I as I was calling these folks, um, I look up and I see these two people walking up the stairs, and all I hear is, "Well, that's the reason that we're not picking up the phone." So it was the same people that I was calling that were coming up the stairs. So they sat down with me, um, Jenny, uh, Tom, and Jenny, and they sat down with me and they said, "Okay, what can we do to help you?" So they sat down with me and I'm like, "Well, well, could you take me to the nearest bike shop?" And they said, "Yeah, we can do that. Whatever you need to do." So. Um, I could either go 45 minutes north, and this was my second day on the road. My bike tire broke. Something to sprocket or something totally, totally broke. He said, well, we can take you back home. I said, oh, I don't really want to go back home. Uh, can you take me the other way? And the other way, there was a bike shop, but it was an hour and a half away. And without hesitation, they took me there. They drove me there, hour and a half. We had a great conversation on the road. Um, and, you know, we get there. Two very, very lovely people. They remind me of my family. Very, very kind person named Tom. Very lovely lady, Jenny. Did or have either of you experienced that type of sort of willingness to help from, from complete strangers, whether it be uh, food or otherwise? I know you mentioned uh, type 1 diabetes and food and food management is a really important part of that process. Um, were you ever sort of completely out on your luck in, in sort of any way and, and just sort of had that kindness from a stranger uh, approach you in terms of yourself sort of being vulnerable on a bike? Yeah, it's crazy how people like look out for you so much when you're on a bike. Um, like I was uh, cycling with my friend Steve in Washington State in the part of it that's a high desert. Um, and we were going up this path, and it was really windy, and there was, like, barely any shoulder. And the 18-wheelers were just, like, passing us with barely any room at all. Um, so this woman passes us and stops in front of us in her pickup truck, and she just, like, insists that she give us a ride up the path because she's just concerned for our safety. And we were, like, we didn't want to, quote-unquote, cheat, but it's, like, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, like, it's, you know, out of 4,300 miles, it's like four miles and it's, you know, a matter of our safety. So we sure. took the ride. <laughs> yeah. Some folks are, are the type that uh, when they start the ride, they have to dip the tire in the one end of the ocean. And when you finish, you have to dip the tire in the other end. Otherwise, it doesn't count, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a shame because if you think of all the times where you might be offered the kindness of a lift in a dire circumstance, uh, I, I think it counts either way there. Yeah, uh, there was one. Yeah, there was one time uh, on route to Crater Lake where there was construction and we honestly didn't have a choice. Uh, it was actually the construction crew working on the roads 
that ferried us and, and oh, it yeah. was like you know either this or you got to go back you know so many miles and find another road um but yeah, yeah it probably took a lot of detours anyway like across the country so right exactly fine. <laughs> that extra that extra five miles eric road that that made it <laughs> that made up for it there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I took all Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> so up next, we have another voicemail. This one here is from Maggie. Cheers. I am calling from Rhode Island. My name is Maggie Sheeran. I wanted to call and tell about one person that I met further along in my journey in, Ver- in Oklahoma City, and her name was Moni. And she is fabulous. She met me and took me around a tour around Oklahoma City, and she calls them her Moni Tours, and she's an amazing person. She actually posted something with a uh, a bike uh, community and and allowed me to find a future a future host and um, just helped me throughout the trip and throughout right now, still in contact with her. She composts, she recycles, she does everything she can to make her presence valuable and supportive of of our planet. And I love her. I love the bike community. Thank you for doing the 4,000 miles of portraits. You guys are awesome. Rock on. <laughs> so Maggie, uh, Maggie, already a follower of the 4,000 miles of portraits yeah. there. Um, that, I think it strikes or, or touches on one of those aspects, which is that when... And you'll see this in many avenues, but I feel like in its own way, the cycle touring community is very networked and in ways that one might not always expect. And one of the neat things about it is you sort of feel like you've got your 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 local community, but then you're also a part of this global community as well, where you might run into somebody in Ohio that you... T- run again into two years later and it's like oh yeah hey remember remember this or remember um when when this you know this this occurrence happened and so i think at least for me one of the ones that um i can point to in portland here is a gent who stayed with us in warm showers and i was uh looking at warm showers actually yesterday and was like oh wow that was four years ago uh but this this gentleman stayed with us and ended up sort of hanging around portland after his tour was done and lo and behold uh is now working with one of the companies of a friend of mine also here in town so it's like those small local connections like you might you might see each other every year every two or every three years uh, but it's always good because you you know like oh yes like i whether you're on the receiving end of that generosity or um, the giving end of that generosity it's it's that concept of sort of paying it forward and i feel like few methods of travel allow you to engage in that in quite the way that cycle touring does Oh, yeah, such a small world. I thought it was really fascinating staying in so many people's homes. You know, like, I kind of talk about one of the reasons I did the bike trip was because I'm born and raised in the New Jersey metro area. I went to school on the East Coast. And just going across the nation and seeing how people live their lives, I thought was so fascinating. Like, Maggie talks about recycling and stuff like that a little bit, being up in the Washington area. And people being like, hey, like, don't, like, I'll be making bread this evening and feel free to go in the garden in the backyard and pick tomatoes and kale and all this stuff. And that, like, really opened up my mind on just how people live. And there's a lot of stories of, you know, people talking about 
oh, I lived in New Zealand for 15 years and I came to Colorado and I raised my kids on a sailboat and you're like, you're, you know, your job on the floor. Like, oh, I've never heard of anyone who has lived their life that way. And I think it's really fascinating to get tapped into that network to kind of expand your horizons. Yeah, definitely. So we've got a third recording here. This one from Maria. Actually, you know, let's save let's save the Maria one for the very end there. Um, okay. Oh, we have two. Maria. Yeah. Ah, I see. <laughs> All right. This one's from Maria. Uh, she talks about a, uh, a a more surprising interaction with someone she met on the road. Oh, I think she was fine. <laughs> All right. Here we go. My name is Maria. Well, I live in South Florida, and I bike a lot on my weekends. A couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, I was biking, and I saw this guy with so many lights on. He had the lights on the bike, lights on himself, and we stopped to have a drink in Delhi, where is I stop, very common for all the bikers. And uh, he stopped it too, and we started to talk with him. He had a jersey that with a gun, a design, uh, and said armed cyclist. And we started to talk with him, and he explained to us that uh, he wants to scare the drivers, and uh, because of the craziness between drivers and cyclists and traffic, uh, he carries a gun. And I was very surprised to meet someone in a place that it's very, you know, we are not, you have cars, mansions, uh, it's not a rural area. Uh, and to see someone with a gun and a knife doing a ride, a bike ride. And that was just a surprise to see someone, uh, you know, usually cyclists are, uh, most of the time very nice. And it's not that the guy wasn't friendly with us or didn't talk well with us. Uh, he was, but uh, it's just a, not a very nice to see a gun and a knife uh, when you are riding. Uh, that's all uh, from South Florida for Miles Off Portrait. All right. That was Maria on a armed cyclist. <laughs> yeah. Um I found that very interesting. <laughs> that was that was one of the voicemails <laughs> that we got. Um, I don't. I, I think it plays into the perception. It does, uh, at least for me, spark the question of: Have any of you ever encountered somebody uh, that was armed while biking? Or, second question: Have you ever felt the need to arm yourself? for safety maybe not in the way that this guy felt the need to arm himself yeah i can understand like the need to want to arm yourself somehow just because like riding a bike is like it kind of puts you in a vulnerable position like you're very exposed um we were talking to this hostel host in kentucky his name is david um and he was telling us about like all the creative weapons that he's seen like cyclists carry like, you've seen people carry whips before, <laughs> excuse me, um, but I think I just, I just had my dog pepper spray, <laughs> that's, like, the only thing I was really carrying. <laughs> and for, uh, for Kentucky, too, the, it's, it's known that there's a dog sort of phenomenon where well, there is. One, one might need to <laughs> perhaps deter <laughs> a couple over-eager uh, 
overeager dogs who who would otherwise be friendly but might might just seem like they want to tear you off your bike like that's sort of a known phenomenon uh at, or at least that from what i have heard um i think the so this this person reminds me in a sense there's like uh the bicyclist snob there's the category of cyclists and one of them is sort of the lone wolf oh yeah this this uh description kind of yeah. brings the lone wolf to mind there but it is interesting because I, I think on a couple of levels one in that the the vulnerability feeling i it's the words that are used too like uh car versus uh bicycle or you know always sort of depersonalizing those interactions when realistically we're talking about people and people it, you know it's just right. the mode of transportation Driver that changes and someone on a bike yes exactly someone in a car someone on a bike yeah so I, yeah. so it's interesting to me that they used um that terminology because that you know in terms of talking about the barriers i think one barrier to empathy or understanding is the humanization of somebody you know theoretically in the cage or behind the handlebars or or something like that um i could see in alaska where i i there's a couple crazy guy in a bike journals that mention bringing some form of uh armed protection but but usually that 20 foot bear spray seems to be about it so i i i, I can't yeah, I say <laughs> i've heard of anybody else i know I, I know plenty of folks who drive with guns um i will say that <laughs> but i don't know too many folks who cycle with guns so a bit of an anomaly there i, I honestly would be too afraid it would go off in my bags mm-hmm. and if it's yeah it's <laughs> yeah, be careful with the wind direction too like oh for sure actually but <laughs> until uh well until a company comes along with a, I, I'm actually, I, I'll bet you there's a gun holster for a bicycle. Bike, bike hunting is a thing. I I know there's <laughs> there's one probably probably for, wouldn't get the right message uh, yeah, across. Well, there's ones for motorcycles, and I'm sure it would be pretty easy to convert one of those over for a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, have you ever like had a had a uh, uh, experience like this? I I've heard the conversation a lot. I think it kind of plays on the ideal perception like someone someone told me once that everyone likes to blame people to the south so if you're talking to canadians they think american america is super dangerous if you talk to americans they think mexico is super dangerous and etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> hmm. and i think what the what do nice they say in joined, antarctica you never come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so, if you follow some of the threads of the bike touring groups, every once in a while you'll see something pop up where I think a lot of people have fears around maybe like India. And I remember seeing this thread where an Indian woman was talking about traveling alone and how she always felt safe, but then her fear was to travel in other countries. I think there's always that kind of like perception of like, what is our perceived risk? And Annalisa and I are kind of, figuring that out now for alaska is it like do we need to be armed do we need one can of bear spray do we need two cans of bear spray and that's like i think that's where local knowledge is really nice to have ahead of time Mm -hmm. yeah it is interesting as well because i think that that it in itself speaks to kind of the essence of bike touring is one of the reasons it's so rewarding is because you are opening up yourself to vulnerability You, you you are making a choice to have more unknowns and through that choice can come great personal satisfaction and self-growth but also you know everybody has to make that choice for themselves 
And it's interesting to see sort of what level that's taken to depending on the person. I think it's in, in some degrees, an individual choice that is refined over time. Um, we talk about like people getting into cycle touring and bringing basically the kitchen sink with them and then realizing, you know, over a couple of excursions or so, maybe you don't need, you know, that, that six person tent, or maybe you don't need that, uh, you know, fifth gallon of water or something like that. Or, you know, people make these refinements. And I'm wondering too, how long this person was on their bicycle and whether or not they, they finished their trip with a rifle as well. Okay, that was all what, what, like, one of the questions that I got the most when I was cycling on my own, just, like, people seeing a woman cycling on her own. Like, they always asked me, like, if I was carrying some sort of a, a weapon. Like, that was one of the main questions. Um, and I just think people don't realize that, like, at least what I found was just, like, for the most part, people are looking out for you, you know? Like, of mm-hmm. course, there's going to be crazy people, but you have to also know how to, like, act. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'd say for for Alaska, um, my experience, at least of living in the state, is that there's a pretty like casual going attitude in terms of firearm ownership. Uh, I've I've seen some touring journals, mostly of people doing the Alcan Highway, where there's some really really remote stretches that maybe you know fifteen or twenty people drive on during the course of the day, and it seems that a couple of cans of good bear spray. Are, are are the the recommended route that advice i do know of a couple of people who've taken guns <laughs> um but at the same time none of those people used said weapon so i feel like a, i feel like a can of bear spray is probably probably your good to go bet there but obviously do ch- do check in with the locals the um the final voicemail that we have is from another person named Maria. I'm not sure if it's, it's the, the same. Maria. It is. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It's the same Maria, but this time a story from riding in Amsterdam. Hi, I'm calling for the Miles of Portrait uh, stories. Uh, my name is Maria Fesca. I'm from South Florida. I'm so sorry that I didn't meet the person on my ride, but uh, we decided to right together, and uh, we met personally for the first time in Amsterdam, Annalisa Wenberg and I, and uh, we toured uh, Holland during five days. Uh, we did a loop from Amsterdam and back to look the, to visit the windmills and tulips, and I'm 53, Annalisa is 26 years old, and uh, we had a bond. Like, we met, and it was like just, uh, we knew each other for forever. And I have a son that's 26 and another one that's 29. And we, like, both of us, she's almost half of my age, we had such a wonderful uh, trip together. We didn't have any problem. We didn't have any conflict. Both of us, very flexible. And uh, rise our love and meet new people's our love and uh, was amazing. Uh, that's uh, my story. Right on. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. So that was nice, Maria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two stories for uh, for one there, and and uh, a good good discussion in the midst as well. Uh, so so that are those are the voicemails that we have. Um, but with the project that you'll be doing, I, I imagine we might have another few filter in here and we can also yeah. 
continue to play those as part of our ongoing episodes um, sure. that air every one thing, Thursday. One thing Maria mentioned was, you know, how she felt she had this bond with you. And that's something that I've found across the board uh, cycling, especially like long distance touring. Um, when you meet someone on the road, it's this is maybe not an example that everyone can uh, can quite grasp onto but it's kind of like uh finding out somebody's a ramones fan <laughs> and then like you've got that thing in common and you're like oh what's your favorite what's your favorite ramones album oh it's a uh, rocket to russia yeah rocket to russia is awesome um and it's kind of like that where uh you know what's your favorite state to bike through kentucky kentucky what you know and you have this this sort of thing in common that uh not a whole lot of people share um, and it, it does create this bond that um, it's just sort of inexplicable, really. It's definitely like the feeling when you show up in a biker's home, you know, and like you show up and you're tired and they're like, don't worry, the wash is over there. You can take a shower. I already have food on the, like food cooking. And you're just like, ah, oh, you understand that like yeah. a long day's ride. This is all I need. <laughs> yeah, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the people that we leapfrogged across the country with. That was one of my favorite parts, too especially along with Trans Am, because there's so many cyclists. You just, you meet so many other groups of cyclists. Like, there's this veteran group that we met in Virginia, and we just, like, met them again in Kentucky and, like, at the at the finish line in Astoria, Oregon. So it's just kind of a cool community and how it's, like, based across the whole country. Mm-hmm. Is there... Um... In terms of the trip as it's coming up, uh, uh, do you know folks in Alaska right now, or is it completely completely going in blind and you're going to make and forge new friendships along the way? Sorry, you were asking if we would... Oh, I was going to say, do you, do you know anybody that, in Alaska presently, or are, are you uh, going to be forging new relationships as you go there? I think mostly new relationships, but um, Eric has a friend in Homer who we're going to see, I think. Okay, nice. Well... Thank you for taking the time to talk with us this evening. Um, and then just in terms of your, your upcoming trip, uh, I know you're sort of in the midway phases of your fundraising. Um, real quick, once again, where can people find this project and, and uh, where can people or how can people support it? Sure. So um, milesofportraits.com is where you can see all the portraits from across the country last year and the few I've taken since then. And then our Kickstarter is just milesofportraits.com slash Kickstarter. And there you can see like all the rewards that you can get for this, the certain pledge levels. So we have the magazines and then we have like early film access and um, things like that. Awesome. And then you can also... You kind of watch the intro video and learn more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, lastly, before, before we let you go, uh, tell us one thing that is... Uh, currently making you nervous about this new adventure and one thing as well that you're excited for to to get into it with i think i am wondering like my main question is always (laughs) the bears (laughs) um but as type 1 diabetics we were talking about this and just how like we constantly need to have food on ourselves like some form of sugar in case we have low blood sugars so we have to figure out a way to like have that accessible somehow because obviously it's not very good to have food in your tent. (laughs) 
that's like one logistical thing you have to figure mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like generally the bears I'm afraid of, um, definitely have to get some bear spray. <laughs> and what I'm excited about is just like, um, the reason why I like kind of found out about, not found out, but just have this idea to ride Alaska was because I applied for Lael Wilcox's scholarship. Um, and I kind of promised myself that I would go no matter what. <laughs> um, and so just reading like Lael's description of riding in Alaska, there's just one line where she says that some of the roads are like so quiet that they feel like bike paths. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Just like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> mm. How about you, Eric? Okay. Yeah. I think that idea of wilderness is both excitement, but also nerve wracking. So I think on the back of my mind when doing the Trans Am, kind of like if anything went wrong, I was like, well, the car will be here shortly. And so that's a little more, makes me nervous, especially as type one diabetic where things can really escalate quickly. So trying to figure out kind of emergency plans and, and what will we do in certain situations is uh, nerve wracking. But I've heard Alaska described as Patagonia, like they look similar. And so I think just the sheer beauty and kind of waking up in the mountains, waking up in this landscape that we're often not familiar with, especially being in New York right now, um, I think will be absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a contrast from New York. Yeah, it's a, it's a big state. I'll, I'll give it that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you uh, both for joining us. Anything else you'd like to say uh, before we be, uh, wrap it up as a show? Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this evening.